So make no mistake, the attainment of Christ-like maturity and those who pursue to be conformed to the image of Christ shall not be just a sidebar on the list of end-time events. It will be the main attraction. So today's teaching from the Become series is titled, Become Spiritually Mature. Become Spiritually Mature. And we begin with Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. And it is the parable of the growing seed as our main scripture for today's lesson. Somebody say, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to mature. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 4. Verse 26 through 29. Then he said, I'm going to slow this down. The kingdom of God is like a man who throws seed on the ground. And he goes to bed at night and gets up every day. And in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How it does this, he does not know. The earth produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop ripens, he immediately puts in the sickle to reap because the time for the harvest has come. So Jesus, our brother, likened the kingdom of God to a farmer waiting for the maturing of his crops. Now, during the harvest season, farmers are concerned with two things. Number one, the quantity of the harvest and the quality of the harvest. And in some regions during unfortunate weather conditions of trials and testings, some crops that farmers plant can start off strong but produce crop failure or the growth of the crop gets stunt. So as a result, the farmer plows under the field because the crops have not reached maturity. So they plow under the field because there is no mature grain in the head. So just as the farmer will not harvest without the grain becoming mature, likewise, the father is seeking a crop of Christ-like children who have reached spiritual maturity. The father is after a full stature of children. Not just churches full of children, not just churches full of members. Take note of this. Jesus said in verse 29, when the crop ripens, other translations say when the crop permits, the father puts in the sickle. The return of Christ isn't about a certain day or a certain hour. For it is the spiritual stature of the harvest that will trigger the great unfolding of the end time events. 
So you see, the father is not looking at his watch in eternity. He's looking at the crop. So what does spiritual maturity look like? Well, let's recall Paul's words when he wrote 2 Corinthians 10 and 6. He says, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. Okay? So what does complete obedience look like? Well, Paul answered that question in the verse that was prior to that, which was verse and it says we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Again, the Father is looking for Christ-likeness to ripen and mature within us as we approach the end of the age. Now, it's not up there, but Genesis 1 and 27 says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So man in the image of God is the seed idea purposed by the father from before time began now this was the plan before the world was created Adam is not the prototype Christ is this is what the mature grain in the head when we read the parable of the growing seed in Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29 looked like mature children of God conformed to the image of Christ. Remember, verse 28 said the crop produces by itself first the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain in the head. So for too long, we assume that only the number of people that we get saved or the numerical value or the size of the harvest was the focus of the Father. Certainly, we are not dismissing the fact that the number of people saved is a pivotal right now in this age because Romans 11 and 25 tells us this. Romans eleven twenty five 25 says, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourself. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will not last only until the full number of Gentiles come to Christ. However, the father does not just want numbers. He wants spiritual maturity. The father is not looking at his calendar and say, oh, well, it's April 26, 2026. I got to destroy the world on that date. No, he's not doing that. A farmer does not reap his crops without first walking the field, holding samples of the grain in his hands, and studying the maturity and the integrity of the seed before he begins to harvest. And again, the maturity of the crop determines the day that the farmer will harvest. So many of our brothers and sisters are frozen in spiritual immaturity. Well, 
Dr. Hardy, what do you mean by that? Well, thank you for asking. You guys are so kind. <laughs> what I mean by the statement that some of our brothers and sisters are frozen in spiritual immaturity is this. They're easily offended, number one. They're often distracted. They have no or a lack of spiritual prayer life, which means that they are not doing much communicating with the Father. They are unable to fast and sacrifice a natural meal to consecrate themselves to tame their own flesh. They are not pouring into themselves and they are not listening from heaven. They are not listening and obeying the spiritual authority and the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And they fail to practice any spiritual disciplines that would advance their growth into sonship in order to release their inheritance that belonged to them. We think, as children of God, that the Father just wants us to hang on until his son comes. <laughs> but the Father is looking for more. It was Paul who said in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will come until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be what? Mature in the Lord, measuring up to the what? Full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like they're the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Paul said the goal of the Father in the church is that we all obtain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. This doesn't sound like the Father who just wants us to hold on until the rapture comes. Living your best life. He is requiring more from us. There is a standard that is raised when we come into royalty. There is a standard that is raised when we come into the kingdom. There is a spiritual stature that must be met in Christ. There is a price that has to be paid, which is your life. This is the life of sacrifice. Hallelujah. So the father is seeking Christ-like maturity. 
in his children, in his elect, as well as he desires for the lost to come into the kingdom. So brothers and sisters, hear my cry today. I fear that too many of us Christians are looking for the rapture instead of looking for the reaping. But according to the scriptures, the reaping of the nation must precede, precede meaning come before the rapture. What do I mean by the reaping of the nations must come before the raptures? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to scripture. Matthew 13, verse 36 through 38. This is the parable of the wheat and the tares. Verse 36, and it says, Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain clearly to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, and the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. And the weeds are the sons of the evil one. Now remember what I said. The harvest is not the rapture. It may be inclusive in the rapture as verse 30 tells us that to gather the wheat in the barns. But the process of preparation is what we are after and what the church is missing. Now, before the wheat is gathered into the barns, there is a process of preparation that has to take place first. And that process of preparation for a farmer is sowing, cultivation, and watering. And this begins long before the crop is cut and finally gathered into the barn at the end of the harvest season. This would be the equivalent of a farmer daydreaming about getting the wheat into the barns at the end of the harvest season without thinking about the work that needs to be done in order to get to that point. So before he can gather, he would have to plant the seed. Before he can gather, he would have to cultivate the seed. Before he can gather, he would have to water the seed and let the wheat actually do what? Grow up so he can have something to harvest. So he's not looking to harvest baby crops. He's not looking to harvest baby crops that's not done ripening. A farmer cannot do anything with the immature harvest. There is no investment in that. In Matthew 13 and 30, it's not up there, Jesus explains to his disciples, this is where it gets interesting. He tells them, allow the wheat and the tares to grow up together until the harvest. Remember, the harvest is at the end of the, of the age, and the field is the world. In the field, meaning the world, tares and wheat are supposed to grow side by side until the harvest comes with the people from all nations. Now, check this out. My point here is this. There are 196 nations in the world. 
out of 196 nations, there are 52 that it is illegal to preach the gospel. It is illegal that as far as be even having a Bible, and then if you are caught with the Bible, there is severe persecution for those that are caught with the Bible, 52 out of 196 nations. I'm talking about today, year 2023, there are 52 nations that have banned the gospel from being preached and Bibles from being openly read. So there are nearly 25 to 30% of the world has no wheat growing in it at all. Much less wheat growing side by side with the tares. So hear my cry this morning. There is no seeds being planted in the nations. If we consider just three of these nations where it's illegal to openly practice Christianity such as China, India, and Pakistan, and these three nations alone, there are well over two billion people. Yet, Jesus' vision included the whole world with wheat and tares growing together side by side. How can we expect the rapture at any minute when over 30% of the world has never heard that God was their father and have never heard the good news? Because you must remember, our brother Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 14, he says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So going back to Matthew, going back to Matthew chapter 13, verse 36 through 38, because there is a second point I need you to see here. Because not only are the wheat and the tares supposed to grow side by side together in all nation. Furthermore, he makes a second point that is often missed in his scripture. One parable, he talks about the wheat and the tares growing up side by side next to each other. Another parable, right after that, he talks about the wheat and the weeds. He said that the good seed are the sons of the kingdom and the weeds are the sons of the evil one. Now, when I looked up the word sons in this scripture to see who he is referring to, and it shouldn't surprise you, it was the word weas. It was the word weas. <laughs> and when I scrolled down to see the Greek definition, to see what kind of seed he was describing, like I say, it shouldn't surprise you that the father is looking for spiritual mature wheat in the harvest. This is the whole definition. It gave me a lot to you not. Look it up. <laughs> Sons mean those who reverence God as their father, the devoted worshipers of God, those who in character and life resemble the Father, those who are governed by the Spirit of God, those who have the same calm and joyful trust in God, which children do in their parents, and hereafter in the blessedness and glory for the life eternal, will openly wear this dignity of the sons of God, 
the term used preeminently of Jesus Christ as enjoying the supreme love of the Father, united to him in affectionate intimacy, privy to his counsel, obedient to the Father's will in all of his acts. That was the whole definition <laughs> of what the sons will look like. <laughs> but guess what? That same word for sons in that scripture, it says that the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the weeds are the sons of the evil one. Now, the word where it says the sons of the evil one, you know that was the same word we asked to? That was the same word we asked to, which means that Satan got full mature sons too. Satan is recruiting too, just like evangelists are recruiting for the kingdom. They got people recruiting for theirs too. They got prophets too. They got them too. <laughs> and that's why he says they're going to be growing side by side, wheat and tares, side by side, full mature sons of God growing side by side with full mature sons of the evil one. <laughs> so this is the wheat. He needs growing side by side with the tares and all nations. This is the spiritual maturity he is seeking after before the rapture comes. This is the reaping of the harvest. This is the seed that was sown in the field, which is the word. These are the sons and daughters that will be growing side by side with Satan's sons and daughters. If we consider prayerfully, if we consider humbly that the gospel must be preached to the whole world and to all nations and that worldwide the wheat will be growing alongside of the tares until the, the season of harvest, we would discover that mankind is really not yet ready for the Father to come. We're not ready. Because the harvest is still yet to come. Creation is still groaning and waiting for the manifestations of the mature children. We are still in need to be praying humbly for more grace to be poured out and available as sin and darkness increases in the world. We still need more dis disciplined children to wake up from their slumber and their sleep to give them over, hallelujah, to what the Father is placing them to do in their purpose. We still have children of God in the kingdom that are still struggling to hear the Father's voice. We still have children, hallelujah, not to mention children of darkness, but children of God that have idols that have replaced the Father because it's the latest trend in the world. We're still dealing with rebellion in the church. We're still dealing with church hurt in the church. We're still dealing with the spirit of offense in the church. We're still dealing with pride that's preventing the body from coming together to do the work of the kingdom. We still have, like Paul said, children of God in churches that have been members for 10 plus years still sitting with bitterness in their heart. Still sitting with resentment. Still sitting with strife in their heart. They won't even release it. 
we still have men and women in the church that's still on milk. And they should be teaching the word. We got work to do. We got prayers that need to be released. We got yokes that need to be broken and destroyed. We got soul wounds that the Father still need to heal. We got burdens that still need to be removed off of our neck. We haven't even got to the point when we're doing the work of the kingdom. My God, help us, Father. As mature children, are we thinking? Are we planning? Are we praying about the harvest to come to maturity? Every living and established believer and church across the nation should have a plan and make it a part of their everyday prayer life to beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. And as my last point, let's look up the scripture, Matthew. Chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. And it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd, Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Now, in regards to the harvest being plenteous, I got some definitions for you. The word harvest in the Greek means, surprisingly, the actions of reaping. The actions of reaping. Remember, in the beginning, I told you that the reaping has to come before the rapture. Meaning, the actual work of Christ being formed in you. The planting of the seed, the cultivating of the seed, the watering of the seed. And letting the wheat actually grow up so the father will have something to harvest. Now, he says that the labors are few, and pray to him who owns the labors, that he will send them out into the harvest. What is Jesus trying to tell us? Now, we've been praying this prayer sometimes violently, without any understanding what we are saying. (laughs) And we have been praying with the understanding, and if we pray, the Father will send out labors to churches that need help, right? So first, the word labor in the Greek means one who works for hire, especially an agricultural worker or farmer. The word labor is the same word used in these scriptures. I'm going to bring something out for you. The word labor here is the same word used and is often interchangeable with the word workman. It's the same word, same definition used in these particular scriptures. Matthew 10 and 10, to the, to the apostle when he sent them out, he said, Take no script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman or labor is worthy of his meat. 
Then he said the same word he used in 1 Timothy 5 and 18, for the scripture says, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. Same word. Now, same word, 2 Timothy 2.15, where he says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that that not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What is the Father trying to tell us? <laughs> we need to pray for apostles. We need to pray for mature children to be sent out into the world to help plant seeds in children, to help cultivate the children of God, to help water the seeds that's already been planted in the children of God, and to help the children grow to the full stature of Christ so that the reaping process might be complete and fulfilled so that the Father can have a full, mature harvest of grains and wheat in the head. We need mature believers to labor with immature believers until Christ is formed in them. So I leave you with 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 8. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 8. And it says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy, there is quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes them grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. So, children of God, I leave you with this. We need to become spiritually mature to join not only our apostle as well as the apostles and the mature children across this nation. All of us have one purpose, no matter what our gifting is, no matter what our talents are, and that is to become more like Christ to turn around and to plant seeds, to water seeds, and to mature those who are immature in the body and to labor with them until Christ is formed in them. Amen. Let us pray to close this out, to seal this word.
Father, we desire to be more like you. We may not know all the right things to say, Father. We may not do all the right things, Father, but we desire to be more like you, Father. We desire to become the full, mature children, Father, that you have called us to be, Father. So deal with our hearts, Father. Deal with our minds. Deal with the incomplete parts of our soul that still needs to be healed, Father. Deal with us, Father, as a church, Father. Make the many, Father, to become one in you, Father, so we can start, Father, the work of the kingdom, Father. Remove all strife, Father. Remove all bitterness, Father. Remove all pride, Father, in the body, Father, so we can become one, hallelujah, under your lordship, Father, hallelujah. It is our desire, Father, that when you find us, Father, when your son comes, Father, that not only that you find faithful children, that you find a full, mature, grown, Father, crop, Father, in the earth, Father, that you can raise up, Father, hallelujah. We thank you for such a time as this, Father. We have not just been born for nothing, Father, hallelujah, but you have given us the influence, Father, for such a time as this to become, Father, more like your son, Father, to lose, Father, the old men, Father, to lose, Father, the old thought process, Father, to lose, Father, our will, Father, that your will, Father, may be done, Father. We come, Father, into the secret place, Father, hallelujah, to learn of you, Father, to humble ourselves and seek your face, Father, hallelujah. We come, Father, to learn of your meekness, Father, to learn of your lowliness, Father, to empty ourselves out, Father, so you can be more in us, Father, your desire and more of us, Father, your desire and for us for Lord God to lose our life for the kingdom father you said that whoever father hallelujah looks back father is not worthy of the kingdom father let us press forward father let us not look back father let us go to a higher calling in you you have called us for a higher purpose father hallelujah and we desire that purpose father we desire our destiny father we desire father what you desire father replace father hallelujah our desires with yours father let us walk worthy of the kingdom, Father. Let us do it with excellency, Father. Let us not be lukewarm at the gospel, Father. Let us not be, Lord God, hallelujah. Oh, God, let us not be, Lord God, infidels, Father, hallelujah. Let us not be bastards, Father, hallelujah. Father us, hallelujah, Lord God. Father us, hallelujah, in the gospel, Father. Father us, hallelujah, Lord God, as you lead us, Father. Lead us by your will, Father. Lead us by your spirit, Father. Lead us by your spirit. Father, lead us by your word, Father. We need more of you, Father, in our nations. We need more of you in our schools, Father. We need more of you in our marriages, Father. We need more of you on our jobs, Father. We need more of you in our businesses, Father. We need more of you, Father, in, hallelujah, the seven mountains, Father. We need more, Father, of mature children, Father, raised up, Father, for such a time as this, Father. We need more, Father, hallelujah. Hallelujah, prophets, Father. Hallelujah. Full of your love, Father. We need more, Father, of your apostles, Lord God. Hallelujah. Trailblazing for the kingdom of God. We need more, Father, of your pastors, Father. Hallelujah. To shepherd the flock, Father. We need more, Father, of teachers, Lord God. Hallelujah. To uphold, Lord God, the word of God. We need more.